I was a little guy, when I was a little guy, five years old, because I, we were at the old house, and I moved, we moved to the new house when I was six, and so I, I'm assuming I was five, it might have been four, but at least maybe five years old. And the Christmas presents were under the tree at home, and I was whining and complaining to my mom about how I couldn't wait till Christmas and opening up the presents. And of course, I just made it worse for myself because every day I would fill up the presents and shake them and kind of see if I could see through a crack in the, in the wrapping paper or something, just really torturing myself about the coming of Christmas. And of course, more and more Christmas ornaments would be going up in the weeks preceding Christmas, making the anticipation for the big day ever greater and always before me. And so I remember complaining to mom and saying, Mom, I, I can't wait anymore, I can't wait. And she, she was kind of patient in, in hearing me and said, well, remember what you know Santa said, you can't be naughty or whatever sort of thing. And, and finally she had it and she gave me a swat and told me not to be impatient anymore. And that, that was the end of my, my little problem. <laughs> So then I went and sat down, knelt down by the tree and just quietly just sucked in my impatience and my <laughs> whatever that feeling is. It was a miserable feeling though, I remember that. A lot of people in a bad situation might find themselves feeling like that. They can't be happy in the present moment. They can only be happy at some point in the future. When the misery of this present moment has passed because this isn't worth it sort of thing. But is that right? See, the truth of the matter is the present moment can be as miserable as we want to allow it to be. And as long as we've got the Lord, we can still be all right. That the person in prison, in state penitentiary, in solitary confinement, if he's got the Lord in that cell with him, then he can be all right. Even people would say, well, I'm not as beautiful as my neighbor, and, or I've got some great illness, and I'm getting sick, and I'm not getting better, and I won't be happy until I'm better. Well, what if you're never happier? What if you're never better? It's just it's this to the end. Well, as long as Jesus is there with you in your sickness, in your infirmity, in your disability, whatever it is, there can be the kingdom of heaven. And the true, same is true about our material situation, etc., in our first reading today, we hear the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is just chock with prophecy. There's 18 different prophets of the Old Testament, 18 different books or letters in the Old Testament that are each written by prophets. Isaiah is probably the longest of the 18 different prophets in there. And Isaiah today, and we've been hearing Isaiah, we hear him every year during Advent. We hear because Isaiah is the one who prophesied about the Messiah being born of a virgin in Bethlehem. So a very specific prophecy that was fulfilled. But Isaiah speaks about all these different things, like the, the lowly will be raised up, the blind will see, the lame will walk, the, the powerless will become mighty, and the powerful will become powerless, and these kinds of like fantastical things kind of deal. He also talks about things that must be the Garden of Eden, the return of Garden of Eden to the earth. As he speaks about lions laying down with lambs and oxes and bears sleeping together and little babies putting their hand on the adder's lair and no harm will come to them. You know, a baby putting his hand on the cobra's nest and the cobra doing nothing about it. Sort of this return of the Garden of Eden. We certainly don't like to live in that place right now. And if we were to, to say, well, I can only be happy until that happens, then I guess we're just all going to be collectively miserable. 
miserable, frankly, until death, because I don't think that's going to happen in our lifetime. But it gets back to this. that when we look at our lives, isn't the stuff under the Christmas tree already present in our life? Isn't everything we need for our fulfillment and our happiness, isn't it already unwrapped for us? It's right there. Even if it might seem like a broken toy, it's maybe not so broken. And maybe there's some good quality about something being broken anyway. There is no perfect relationship in the world, and probably most of us have at least one relationship in our life that's very difficult. Maybe it's the spouse, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a sibling. Who knows? Something that's very difficult. Maybe it's a material situation. I don't make the amount of money that I want to make. Um, you know, I worry about being able to, to keep this house. God forbid I might have to move in with my kids. Or God forbid I might need to move in with my parents. And yet in all of human history, that's exactly how everyone lived. The thing about our time is that probably this is just human nature is we've got these expectations about where we're at. And if they're not met, we have a hard time accepting that. In the history of the world, no generation of human beings has ever lived as materially well off as us. The kings that you hear about in the Bible, they didn't live as well off as us. They, I don't think they bathed every day. And I don't think they had deodorant sticks. And I don't think that they were... They didn't have microwave ovens, and they didn't have TV sets, and they didn't have the NFL. They just didn't. What did they have? They didn't even have electricity. They couldn't turn on the heat in a room or cool it down in the summer. We've got all of that, and we're, you know, all of us do. We've got it better than the kings of old. We have so much already in our life that's so good that if we could see it for what it truly is, we had stopped complaining, at least materially. But there's another side to this, and it's this. That I think that a lot of us, because things are so materially comfortable in our life, that we say, well then, I guess spiritually and morally, it doesn't, that doesn't really matter. I've got all these things taken care of. I've got multiple vehicles, I've got multiple TVs, I've got you know, a house and vacation money and whatever sort of thing I've got. I guess I don't need God. I don't need to obey His commandments and I can do whatever I want, morally speaking. And for that kind of person, I'd say, you're the most impoverished person who ever lived. Because the whole world's passing away. If, if you lived on a stack of money, on a stack of gold, though, think of uh, the, the hobbit and smog lives on a big pile of gold and treasure. It's all passing away. But our relationship with God isn't. It's not. It's not. And that's really where our treasure needs to lie. That really is what needs to be under the tree, is Jesus. And not Jesus wrapped up in paper, but Jesus in a crib. And our relationship with Him. And the person who has a relationship with Him is the wealthiest man or woman in the world. And the world can't take that away. As we continue on in the weeks and the months and the years of our lives, 
Let us get really clear in our heads where our true priority lies. It's not in the things of this world that are passing away, and that includes our bodies. I'd like to say my body's perfect, but it's not. What is forever is God and the kingdom of heaven. And when we possess Him, when the kingdom is within here, then it can be Christmas morning every day. And it doesn't matter where we are at in our life or what day of the year it is, as long as we know what's most important. And what's most important, and has been most important since Adam and Eve were fleshed out of the ground of the earth, is the one who made them and the earth and you and me, and has prepared what Isaiah has prophesied, some sort of Eden to come. Let it be for each of us today and every day in that relationship that the Lord wants us to have with him.